Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is March the 27th, and our chapter for today is the critical chapter of 1 Samuel chapter 16. Yes, it is a critical chapter because the person that is side by side with Abraham in the Old Testament, in the law, the prophets, and the writings, is introduced to us in a formal way, King David. That's right, according to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1, where Matthew says this is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, who is the son of David, who is the son of Abraham. He names the two most important people in the Old Testament related to our salvation. These were the two men that God said, I am going to do something for you, not because of who you are, but because of who I am. And so he made an unconditional covenant with Abraham. He made an unconditional covenant with David concerning Abraham, land, lineage. The Messiah would come through him. With David, a kingdom a kingdom that would be an everlasting kingdom, a messianic kingdom, and David would be the forerunner of that. This is why Jesus in the last chapter of the book of Revelation says, I am the root and the offspring of David. In other words, he was before David and he is after David, but he is inexorably tied up with David. And so in chapter 16, Saul has been rejected in chapter 15 rejected as king. And now the Lord says to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil, your karen. If your name is Karen, it means horn. It means the horn like on a mountaintop, the horn as in a flask of oil, a horn as a ray of light. And so he says, I want you to take your oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse. He's a Bethlehemite. And I have provided myself a king among his sons. Now, that's what the New King James Version says in many of the English versions. But that is not the best translation, I must say. What he says is, I have seen. I have watched. I have spotted myself a king among Jesse's sons. You see, the word there is the word for see, ra'ah, just like it was in Genesis 22, when it says, in the mountain of the Lord, it shall be provided. Well, the word provided, like here, is the word ra'ah, which means to see. God sees That's why he provides. God saw Abraham's need and he provided. God saw the son of Jesse, David, the eighth son, out there being faithful. It doesn't just say that he saw him. God sees his heart. God sees what he is on the inside. And so he says, and Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears, he will kill me. But the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice unto the Lord. 
Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do, and you shall anoint for me the one I name to you. Now, isn't this amazing? God said to Samuel, his own man, the one whom he had had anointed as his prophet, his priest, he said, I'm going to tell you what to do, where to go, but I'm not going to give you all the details. Now, we don't have Samuel raising his fist and saying, well, I'm not going if I don't have all the details. No, he trusted that the same God who was sending him would guide him along the way, and when it was time for him to know, he would know. Now, this is instructive for us because many times we want to know what God's will is before we do it, many times so we can try and negotiate with him. God is not negotiating his will. God says this is the way, walk in it. We either walk in obedience or disobedience. Here was Samuel just following and doing what he said. And so Samuel did what the Lord said, and he went to Bethlehem, verse 4, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming. And they said, do you come peaceably? You see, when you saw Samuel the prophet coming, it was good news or bad news. And if it was bad news, it was usually the judgment of God. And he said, peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Set yourselves apart, sanctify yourselves, and consecrate yourselves, and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before me. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at the appearance at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as a man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so he went on the same thing with Abinadab, said the same thing with Shammah. And the seven sons went before Jesse, before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Are all the young men here? He had already seen seven. Then he said, there remains yet the youngest, and there he is keeping the sheep. In other words, they probably point out to a pasture field where he was and said, well, I mean, he's the youngest. Isn't it interesting that David was the eighth son, not the seventh? No, he was the eighth. You see, eight is the number of new beginnings. And God was about to give Israel a brand new beginning. That's right. Eight is the number of beginning, of a new beginning. Jesus was raised on the first day. Yes, but it was the eighth day. It was Passover. It was the day of first fruits. The same thing all the way through. It is the eighth of everything. That's a new beginning. It's the beginning of a new week. It's the beginning of a new sabbatical year. It's the beginning always. It's the eighth. It's the new beginning. And so David was a new beginning. He was the eighth son. And it's interesting that God looked at the heart. You see, when he said, I don't look at the outward appearance, I mean, Samuel should have already gotten this, folks. Just listen to me. He should have already gotten this. After all, Saul was head and shoulders above everybody. Surely he was the anointed of the Lord. And he was, but just because a person is good looking and well-built on the outside doesn't mean he's well-built and where he needs to be on the inside. And this is what Saul's problem was. But God said, I've been looking at David's heart. I see his heart. Yes, he's a good-looking young man, as we will see, but I'm looking at his heart because, you see, it's the heart that God uses 
and uh, not a man's outward appearance. And so he sent, according to verse 12, and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, a domi, a domi. He was red. He was a gingy. He probably had red hair. He had beautiful skin. He has bright eyes. The word there is yofi. It's the root of yofi, which is japa, yafa, which is beautiful. Yofi is beautiful. David had beautiful eyes. I mean, you could get lost in that man's eyes. He had good-looking eyes, and he was good-looking. He was beautiful to look upon. And the Bible says that God said, Arise and anoint him, for this is the one. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. Now, isn't that interesting that David was the youngest? He was the lowliest. He was the one that was always getting picked on. All you have to do is wait till the next chapter. And his brothers were saying, Whoa, oh, did you come down here? Where? Why aren't you back with the sheep? They were always talking down to him, condescending. And right here, God prepared a table before him in the presence of what turned out to be his enemies, his own brothers, when it came to him serving the Lord. And God said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Samuel took the horn of oil, anoint him in the presence of his brothers. And look at this. And the Spirit of the Lord. Verse 13. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. He never left him. He left Samson. He left Saul. He never left David. David prayed, God, do not take your Holy Spirit from me in Psalm 51 after he had had his shameful, adulterous relationship with Bathsheba. He said, God, please don't leave me. I'm in a mess already. Don't leave me. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And the Scripture says that another distressing spirit was sent, and he couldn't get away from it. It was causing him great distress. So Saul said to his servant, verse 17, Provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. Verse 18 said, Then one of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen, there's that word again, a a son of Jesse from Bethlehem, who is skillful in playing a mighty man of valor, a man of war. He is discerning, he's prudent, he's wise in his speech, and he is he is a handsome person to look on, and the Lord is with him. Isn't that amazing? The word handsome is the word is he has good lines. Literally, it's the word for a line of tracing. It means he was a hunk of a man. He had beautiful eyes. He had beautiful complexion. He was probably auburn-haired, red-haired, good-looking guy, and his eyes were his greatest feature. But he was a man who was sinewy. He was a warrior in every sense of the word. And the Bible says that he was sent to Saul with gifts. And the Bible says when he played that the spirit of distress left Saul, he could be at ease. And so David was a harp player. He played the canor, the harp. It's called a lyre sometimes. And so he was talented, gifted in every way. He was a mighty warrior, had courage. And uh, we'll find out in the next chapter, in chapter 17, in his battle against Goliath, that he had taken down a bear, he had taken down a lion. He was a courageous man, and his reputation went before him. But this is the beginning of the anointing of King David. And David waited patiently for more than a decade 
for Saul to run his course. He would not lift his hand against God's anointed. Now, I will later contrast David with uh, Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who could not wait his turn, but rather tried to bring about the will of God through the arm of the flesh, and that never works. Listen, God not only has a will, but God has a way, and God has timing. And knowing the timing of God's will is just as important as knowing God's will. And so read this chapter and read it again. It's the beginning of a great journey together as we look at the life of David. For On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.